Hello, my name is Hassan Akmal. I am the Executive Director of Industry Relations and Career Strategies and lecturer at Columbia University's School of Professional Studies. I'm also the host of our new behind-the-scenes podcast series, which consists of a number of interviews with professionals discussing provocative career-related topics to set the stage for our students. Welcome to our second podcast during Career Week, Career Week 2019. The topic of today's podcast is student and alumni career mastermind groups in light of the evolution of tech and mentorship, the power of the circle, the power of the mentor circle. I am here with Mark Carter, the founder of 180 and creator of Idea Climbing, a system that shows people how to create opportunities by solving problems for other people. His past projects range from running book launches for the New York Times best-selling business authors, working with the founder of TED, uh, Richard Saul Werman, to create marketing programs for the world's largest improv festival, as well as mentoring programs across the U.S. for startups and college students. I'm also here with Chris Marshall, the president of Graduate North America. Prior to Graduate, Chris was senior vice president and managing director at Grensbach, Glear, and Associates. Prior, he served as the Associate Vice President for Alumni Affairs at Cornell University and Executive Director of the Alumni Association at Lehigh University. Chris is also an alum of Lehigh University. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. All right. So, Mark, let's begin with you. What is mentorship? And tell us, how is it evolving? What, do you, what are you seeing these days? Well, I'd like to start out with saying, first of all, what it's not, what so many people think it is. It's not, it shouldn't be, I should say, having coffee with somebody and sharing stories. That's great, but when you walk out of a mentoring meeting, you should have an actionable item that you can do. So the way I define it based on my research is it's advice, support, and connections to solve a problem or create an opportunity. You need to get really specific with it. And it's evolving, especially with technology. Beforehand, if someone wanted to connect with alumni, they'd have to get access to an alumni database, find their contact information, reach out to them. And that's if they could get access to the database in the first place. Now with LinkedIn, that becomes their database. That becomes their pool of mentors. So if they approach them the right way and get specific about asking for help, here's what I need. Not just will you mentor me, but here's what I need. Help with networking, presentation skills. If they do that, LinkedIn's changing the game for the better. Yeah, and what are your thoughts on on a premier account for LinkedIn? I I know I upgraded for a little while, and it served me pretty well, you know, accelerating my career. For for the premier account, because it's month by month, it's not an ad. You don't have to pay annually. If you want to do a marketing blitz is what I call it, then you could just get it for one month. It's $64. But if you want to find mentors, you don't have to have their email address. You can message them directly with the Premier account. Just get it for one month. Spend 60 bucks. I mean, that's take off a few nights off from going out to the bar. You got the money right there. Yes. And then you can, anyone on LinkedIn, you can message, do it for a month, and you send all 15 of the emails from the Premier membership and take advantage of it. It's worth the ROI. Absolutely. All right. So, Chris, you work for Graduate. And Graduate provides colleges and universities with um, what I would call a digital career community. Can you give us a little bit more detail about what that means and how schools are using your software? Sure. Happy to do that. And, you know, what interesting Mark comments uh, coming out of his world, uh, coming at it from the higher education world. And what we have provided is a software cloud-based solution so that alums can connect with alums and students can connect with alums for networking and mentoring purposes. It's a cloud-based software. It's like a private label LinkedIn, I like to describe it to people. So, for example, if you're looking for an alum from your institution who 
went to your business school, majored in accounting, works for PwC, and lives in Chicago, you can filter on that hard data and find the people who meet those criteria and um, make connections through that network. Now, it's exactly what LinkedIn does in some ways, but what we add is another layer of what I call soft data, which is a series of questions that the alum answers upon arriving to the platform. Questions like, I'm willing to help, we call them. I'm willing to make introductions at my company. I'm willing to review your resume. I'm willing to sit down with coffee. I'm willing to – any of the, any customizable questions so that when the student or the alum looking for that match, they'll find people who fit that criteria, but they'll also find people who raised their hand and offered to make that connection. So we ended up working with um, you know 400 schools around the U.S., 750 around the world in 58 different countries. And um, it really, it, it helps the, the people who are managing an alumni relations office or career services office manage and scale a mentoring program. You know, in the old days when you were doing it with matching resumes to resumes, you, you could do tens of people. I heard, you know, this huge effort being put in to manage a mentoring program. We had 40 people do it. Yeah. Then we moved to Excel and it got to be a couple hundred people. You know, on it, our tool allows for the thousands, and we have our largest client is eight thousand mentoring matches connecting alums to students and alums to alums, often young alums to make those connections in the ways I just described. We we came into the market originally as an alumni engagement tool, thinking it from that side of the equation, and quickly learned that there's huge value on the career services side. So the mentoring component and that networking component is a whole new way we're sort of positioning ourselves in the market as we approach colleges and universities. Wonderful. And I've actually been fortunate enough to be a UCLA One mentor and use the platform um, as an alumni of the university. And so I w- received those emails um, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, now it's been, I think, five years, and I was able to really vet myself to see whether or not I was going to be a great mentor in the system because it really does – depend on if you have the time, you know, what you're going to offer. Students today are looking for like-minded uh, individuals. They're looking for shared affiliations, people that, that, can, that can speak to some of those areas and, and really help, help them whether or not they're in the same field or, or, or industry, in fact. And we are ecstatic about adopting the platform here at Columbia University. So we're in the process of transitioning to graduate. And so I'll be able to benefit from that experience and offer that experience to our students and alumni. Mark. So how many students typically attend your sessions? As I understand it, you have what we call virtual office hours. Yes. Right? So Mark, who is a mentor in our current system, which we call the Hub, offers what we say is sort of virtual office hours once a month. And how long are the sessions? About an hour? About an hour. About an hour. So how many students really attend these sessions? And I understand you also co-facilitate a student and alumni mentorship mastermind group. So if you can tell us a little bit about the virtual office hours, and maybe we talk a little bit about the mastermind group afterwards. Yeah, definitely. The virtual office hours, it's done through Zoom video conferencing service. There's usually 15 to 20 students on there. And some people are just a fly on the wall. Some people ask questions. We do ask that if, when you come, just come with one question because we only have an hour and 15 to 20 people can't answer all the questions. What's really great about it, though, if someone's really shy, they don't even have to turn on their camera. I'll just see, I'll see a name in a black screen. But they get virtual virtual mentoring through virtual office hours by, because by me answering questions for the students that ask them, the, even if you don't ask a question, you're still walking away with an hour of meat because the focus that I have is, again, actionable ideas with them. It's not just fluff. It's not just stories. It's really giving them this is how to approach a mentor or here's how you follow up. Here's how you can find one. Whatever their questions are, they can come get those. And some can come back month month by month because they'll take action one month and they'll have a new 
new question the next month. It's a really a su- awesome support system provided by Columbia. And, and in fact, um, Mark and I piloted this at Loyola University of Chicago a couple of years ago, and I believe we were the first university to really offer, offer virtual office hours. So it didn't matter what time of day, where were you, you can, t- you can, you can zoom in um, and just ask somebody, hey, I have a mentorship meeting coming up with Chris Marshall. You know, here's his profile. What's the best way to approach that meeting? Um, are you still using Zoom, or has it sort of fluctuated with Skype and other platforms? Or what? You know, where do you host these? Still using Zoom. It's it's been it's been great being able to handle 15 to 20 people on there. We I haven't had any issues with the audio or videos dropping out, so we're sticking with that. I would imagine that partnering with the Career Design Lab um, on the virtual office hours, we, we we do want to try to get students to activate their cam, right? So, you know, you almost want to think about some of those office hours as like a, a practice mentorship session and to really build the relationship and see a face. Um, so tell us about uh, how that branched off into what we call is a, is a student and career mastermind group. Um, it's the first of its kind uh, in the U.S. Uh, at any university that we know of. Um, in fact, um, the graduate platform complements it really well because they have this wonderful group feature. So we have uh, mastermind groups uh, being built in these groups that, that students would be able to see, which will be readily available to them. Um, so, so how did that come about? What is a, a mastermind group? Um, more specifically, a virtual mastermind group. A mastermind group is usually four to eight people, depending on the length of the session. And the difference between virtual office hours and the mastermind groups is that virtual office hours, you can pop in, pop out, ask a question. The mastermind groups, the purpose is, is it's a shared purpose, shared vision, and meeting monthly, there's continuity. This month, we're going to make plans. There's accountability and continuity that by next month, here's what I'll do, whether it's make an introduction for you or go to an event myself, whatever it might be. That's the big advantage of the mastermind group. It's real collaboration month by month, and you get to know the other people in the group and how to help them. So if someone's looking for a specific type of mentor, you might not be able to help one month. The next month you start a class, your professor shares what he or she does, and you can introduce your friend to the professor. And it's things like that that really it's for the people who are very serious about it. And the big, the important part is the shared purpose and passion. And the passion's what gets you up in the morning. It's what you want to do, whether whatever you care about. The purpose is the bigger picture. How are you helping other people? Why does this group exist? And have specific goals. And a final tip, if it's especially if it's virtual, use video because studies, depending which one you read, about 80% of people admit to doing something else on conference calls. They're not giving it their full attention. They're doing work. They're in their email. When you use video, you're looking at the people. Yeah. You can see if someone suddenly dips down and starts writing in a book. And out of respect, most people and common sense, I would hope, you know, think people won't do that when they're on video. So that's a big one. Yeah, you can't do that in a video job interview, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and and what I love about it is, you know, you talk about sort of the vision and and, and the accountability. So it's essentially a a group mentorship um, opportunity for, for somebody to benefit from multiple individuals. Whereas when you have one mentor, you know, that person might, might, might only be able to offer um, sort of uh, counsel on, on a couple different areas. But when you have a mastermind group, you are essentially putting a whole bunch of people together. Maybe you have a student who just landed a job. Maybe you have a student who's been out two or three years. And maybe you have somebody who just started. And, and that group in itself 
takes ownership of that mastermind group, that mentor circle, and vets all the new people coming into it so that they know how to really align um, their career aspirations with the newcomers and vice versa. And it's really about, I think, you know, you summed up really well, collaboration. Mentorship is collaboration. And so I love the concept. I think it's very innovative. And um, so far, we've piloted uh, four to five of these mentor circles and with tremendous success, uh, not only in the Mentorship Mastermind uh, group, but also uh, Applied Analytics, Bioethics, and a couple others. One, one thing I love to drive home, because you mentioned it, it was kind of in passing, is with mentors, you ideally, you don't want to have just one mentor. One person can't be can't be the one who you go have the personal experience, the professional experience, the what you need to hear. And this came up on the last virtual office hours. You should have a mentoring or mentorship portfolio. This is who I call, because I did that. I had one mentor who was like a father to me when it was, how do I balance life and work? I'm trying to have a relationship and start a business. But then there was the, another mentor, Todd, who I'd call with, how do I hire somebody? How do I work with someone? And if you do that and you have a portfolio based on opportunities and pain points, you can get much more mentoring because you also, if someone's giving you their time for mentoring, you can't keep calling and keep calling and keep calling. They don't have the time. So build a mentorship portfolio and you'll go a lot further and your mentors will respect you because you're not asking them for an overkill amount of time. Yes, and they'll become a part of your personal board of directors. One of the things I loved about Graduate is uh, I was challenged as a director of career services in my last role. Um, and I was the chair of career education, and the dean said to me, Hassan, how are you going to bring all of our mentorship programs, undergrad and grad, this program, this department together? And the first thing that came to my mind was technology. And at that time, um, uh, I wasn't using Graduate, and I was able to, to talk to an alumni to have them gift a system um, uh, that was similar uh, in some respects to Graduate, but not really at the capacity that Graduate has. So Graduate, in a, in a sense, brings together all these different areas. For example, if you have a mentorship program for accounting, they all have to use the same platform, and that gives you the ability to track all that data, which is fantastic. So you can actually see how active are the profiles, what's going wrong, how many people are using uh, a concept that we call flash mentoring, which is like sort of a one, you know, one-stop shop. Um, so I'd love to hear more about that from Chris. We'll be spending a lot of time talking about the demand side of the equation, the mentees, right? That's that's a topic that we talk about a lot. Um, but let's talk about, you know, the supply side, right? The mentors. We talked a little bit about what makes a good mentor, how they're vetted, uh, some of the questions, do they have the time, uh, you know, what are their shared affiliations and interests, et cetera. And you've worked with alumni relations uh, for the past 18 years with hundreds of colleges, uh, Cornell, Lehigh, uh, and, and, and you've also worked as a consultant. So what have you been seeing and hearing from alumni, and what are they expecting? Of course, I'm going to share with you uh, data that is generalized to the overall pop. There's certainly exceptions to every side of this equation, but what you generally hear from alumni in terms of how they connect with alma mater, usually the first thing you hear is a complaint. The only time I ever hear from my alma mater is when they ask me for money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, universities need money, and that's a reason alums are engaged with the institution. But there's other reasons: recruitment for new students, mentorship for current students, and of course, internships and hiring for full-time jobs. All those are critically important. But what alumni want to find is that mutual value between the institution. What can make my life better, and how can I give back in a way that's going to make the institution better? And, and they get a lot of. Um, uh, the, the good feelings they have about alma mater come through the connections with students. 
Sure. So that leads naturally to mentorship. But what happens often is that alums um, in the higher education alumni relations context is that their worlds are so busy with all the other things they do in their lives that they want to be able to do that kind of mentorship on their turf and their own time in some cases. There are, again, exceptions to this for sure. What we typically see, though, is that they're shying away increasingly from these long, you know, I'm going to serve two, three-year terms on a board. It's like a sentence versus a volunteer role. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they're being forced into it. Right, exactly. Versus being able to have a one-off, a one-day experience. You see those uh, community outreach kind of things happen. Or even a shorter version, as you mentioned before, this flash mentoring, this, though I like to equate it to the marriage versus the date. The mentoring relationship that we've all had in our lives that lasts for years is like the marriage. But in the context of this, in the graduate platform and the flash mentoring platform, they want these one-off connections, the ability to have the quick conversation, which may be contrary to what something Mark said earlier, but there are there is value in having multiple people add in components to what I'm thinking about my next step in my career. So we're, we're seeing more and more of this micro-volunteering. And the other thing I'll share with you from a data standpoint, we've actually asked alumni uh, the question, are you willing to be a mentor? And X percent of those alumni will say yes to that question. If you ask a student, would you like to have a mentor? An X percent of them would say yes. Yeah. But if you say to the alum, how many of you are willing to have a conversation with, alum about, with a student, asking alum now, having a conversation with a student about your career path and provide advice and guidance to them who are interested in doing the same thing, X times 2% will say yes to that question. Now, you're essentially asking them to be a mentor at some level. Sure. And maybe not in the pure definition as Mark used, but, but they're asking for that career support, career help. And more alums, twice as many alums will answer yes to that question. And equally interesting is that twice as many students will ask for that kind of help versus being offered to be having a mentor. They're, being, they're saying yes twice the rate when they're asked to have that 30-minute conversation. So um, it comes down to the use of the M word as one of our clients used that actually don't, we don't use the M word around here because they want to have lots of those one-off connections versus those longer ones, which are harder to manage, harder to keep track of internally. But there's certainly value in both sides of it. But alums typically are looking for, and students typically are looking for those shorter connections. Sure. And I think uh, we call them champions, right? Yeah. I call them coaches. I like to use the term coaches. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a difference between um, offering a a student advice versus counsel. Exactly. And so we're we're trying to gravitate towards counsel. I think that's important to to distinguish. You know, you can't force someone to make a a donation as an alumni. You You can't force someone to be a mentor. I remember getting private calls um, from one of my former universities, which will go unmentioned, um, asking me for a donation, and, and I felt exactly like that. And, and the I only was, time I ever hear from you is when you ask me for money. Yeah, I'm very quick right. to say no in those situations. Wonderful. So I love the flash mentoring concept. I think that a lot of uh, students, uh, as well as mentors, forget that there are different layers to mentorship. Um, And what I mean by that is um, a flash mentor, for example, um, could be a point of reference for you. Uh, Maybe you just wanted to uh, get a perspective very quickly, uh, find out a little bit more about a culture of a company. Perhaps uh, you needed a promoter. So uh, somebody was going to be putting in a good word for you. Uh, Maybe you're hosting a webinar and they're going to be promoting it for you on social media. Somebody needs a little bit of a boost um, uh, in a company. We've heard actually several examples this week of alumni uh, from from Columbia University who have tried to get in a company through one person or a second person and, and unfortunately it failed. They hit a brick wall, but they kept at it. 
and and eventually they connected with somebody who who not necessarily wasn't necessarily an alumni, and they ended up getting a referral, ended up getting the job, and and has been there for a significant period of time. Um, so great. All right. So Mark, you have a book coming out. Tell us about it. What's about? What's the name of it? And what is the message? Uh, to the reader. Thanks for asking. It's the the title is Idea Climbing: How to Build a Support System for Your Next Great Idea. And the message to the reader is: if you have an idea of something you want to do, something you want to give to the world, so many of them die because people take the lone wolf approach. They try and do everything on their own. They think it's blood, sweat, and tears. And the book explains how to create what I call collaborative cohorts. There's the structure, the advice, support, and connections, but how to reach out to the right people, how to build a collaborative cohort that not only supports you, but they open doors for you so your your idea can have life breathed into it and you can share that gift with the world and not go it alone. Fantastic. And I understand uh, Richard Saul Worman, the creator of TED, uh, wrote the forward of that book. Yes. Is that correct? Fantastic. Uh, for those that don't know, Richard, the, the creator of TED, is also the author of Understanding Understanding, a fantastic book that I happen to have on, 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 my, on our coffee table at the Career Design Lab here in Times Square. I want to thank Mark and Chris for their time today. To learn more about Mark's upcoming book, Idea Climbing, please visit markjcarter.com. And also, to learn more about Graduate, please visit graduatetv.com. There you'll have access to a number of videos, thought leadership on career services, alumni relations. Uh, you'll see footage from some of their most recent conferences, including the Graduate Leader Summit at Oxford and their upcoming conference at UCLA. Both Mark and Chris are our guests here during Career Week 2019. They'll be presenting and facilitating both a panel and workshop this afternoon at Mentor Circles. The Shortcut to Growth and Confidence. Join us for that. Chris will also be facilitating a breakout session at tomorrow's University Career Services Retreat, which is working in conjunction with our Future of Career Services Symposium. The topic of his breakout session is the Alumni Connector. We also would like to highlight um, our behind-the-scenes podcast series, which is available on SoundCloud. Uh, we, we, we have about 10 different episodes that we hope that you can tune into, uh, both the workshops, uh, breakout sessions, and some of the other live streams uh, will be made available to students. And so you can see the live streams on YouTube. Please check those out. The next behind-the-scenes podcast will be with Jennifer Shin, world-renowned data scientist, entrepreneur, influencer, and product director, contextual for NBC Universal Media. I leave you all with this message. Every single one of you has a purpose. It's developed from your passion. And when one is on point with that purpose, it can help change the world for the better. What's your motivation? Thank you.